It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Oh, that is so not nice. How, why well, you put a mic well, in the bedroom this morning? Well, <laughs> you secretly tape recorded. It was me? actually the neighbor's bedroom, but um, oh no, it was not. You know, that was live. You're right, people. it was our bedroom. That was our bedroom. And so we get some applause. Thank you. That's Excellent better. For I know. Thank you. To both of us. I thought so too. Um, how are you? I'm buddy? I'm good, honey. How you doing? You, you should be good. You had, you had sex Just smile. I know. Don't tell my wife. Oh, she knows. Oh, damn. She knows because okay. she was right there with you. Uh, yeah. Oh. Okay. Right. So nothing better than to get you in the mood for a show about sex than to have sex mm-hmm. as a little precursor warm-up mm. sort of foreplay. And I got to tell you, a little sex in the morning, and my wife was cleaning the uh, apartment right after, so we have to, you know. I did. So it's it's kind of like Pavlovian. I want to make it. I did, you guys. Thing, I was way, so. uh, I was on my hands and knees. <laughs> and, uh, then we, and then we oh, and then and I cleaned the <laughs> uh, But no, I did. Uh, after we had sex, uh, I had a cup of coffee and, uh, you know, let off some, not a, like I needed to let off any excess steam because I let off and I got off. But you know wow. what? I did. Well put. Okay. Can I? Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, so, okay. so great. Um, all right. So, great intro to today's um, episode, which uh, we titled Sex and the Single Girl, uh, based on, and I don't know if you guys all remember the 1962 book, nonfiction bestseller by Helen Gurley Brown. Do you, mm, do you remember I do, that? Yes. I'm I remember sure. the movie more than the. Okay, I'm pretty sure every, every mom, maybe your mom, my mom, I don't know, read it. Um, it was groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah. It, and um, so back then, even she was. Um, Encouraging women's uh, independence and taking charge in the bedroom, and and having some power in the bedroom. Where at a time, um, men did. Men had all the power, and you didn't ask questions, right? You just you gave her you gave her the high hard one, and you didn't really wait to you know wonder respond. Did she like it? Is it what she wants? Did she enjoy it? What does she need? And so uh, that, to me, was inspiration for this episode. Are you saying that men were not very evolved at that time, and uh, they kind of just took it and weren't really interested in their partner's pleasure? Right. I just think it it was a time when women didn't speak up, period. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, women are speaking up, but sex is still, you know, it's a little taboo, and it's a little shameful. Taboo where? I don't, well, you know, people don't, uh, they're embarrassed. Uh, it's uncomfortable to talk about sex. It's, um, I get it. It's not, I mean, maybe you talk about it with your girlfriends, but that's what this episode is for. So that we can. Not with my girlfriends. Just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to uh, dispel some myths, um, clear up any kind of misunderstanding. Some myth understandings. And and um, and help you guys. Actually, this this episode is about women, but um, the intent is to sort of give you guys some insight. We need it. Give you the lay of the land. It's so important because I think that men feel like they are 
king of the jungle and they walk around that way. And uh, the truth is that we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that pussy has the power. Yes. And it's important that the it's the enlightened man that knows that and yeah. allows them to have the power, but at the same time, give them the pleasure. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, men would actually really like to be guided a little bit more, um, you know, clued in. Uh, I think that sex is this big black hole <laughs> of, of, <laughs> of questions, uh, curiosity. You may want to turn yourself over then. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, men could use a clue or two. Okay. Well, hopefully you're going to get that to us. Yes. And we have an expert. We have a sex coach with us, uh-huh. Vanessa Marin. She's coming on after the break. Wonderful. Um, to really uh, break it down. Uh, she's going to uh, give you guys you guys the 411 on um, getting down. So, she's going to give you the lowdown on going down. Wow. <laughs> so... Uh, Let's talk about when we were single. Yeah. Uh, what were you encountering with men uh, in terms of uh, your own pleasure and maybe their priorities? I, I don't know if I want to hear the answers, but okay. I'm asking um, it. Cover your ears. Okay. La, 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 la. I don't want to hear this. No, I don't. Okay. I can take it. Uh, I'm going to keep it clean. But I'm going to be honest because that's what we're here for. Oh, uh, a wise name, eh? Yes. So I think that, like I said a few seconds ago, men need guidance. And I think women are too afraid to speak up and tell them what they want and tell them what they need and tell them what feels good and what they don't like. And I think women, for the most part, put up with a lot. They they defer to men. They give men what they think they want. And, you know, sex is, uh, it's a tango. It's a dance. It's, um, it's a two-way street. And I feel like uh, there's nothing wrong in saying, hey, slow down. You're going too hard. You're going too fast. You got to make the morning last. Um, you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, I, I think, is is a little bit of a problem, um, which men appreciate when you tell them. Uh, I also think that sometimes men can be selfish. Sometimes. Um, I, I, I think that's uh, absolutely true. I, I can speak from my own experiences that I feel I was very selfish growing up. I don't think I really, uh, really evolved until I was in my you know early mid thirties. So to all the women I've loved before that I'm sorry, I, I apologize. I really do. I, I feel really bad, especially for the one I lost Why? my virginity to. <laughs> Where is she now? Uh, well, hopefully she's not at the Kahala Hilton anymore uh, on, on the golf course <laughs> when I was 15 or 14. Is but, that where uh, you lost it? Or that's where lost I lost it. it. Well, I think mutual... that's where we both lost it. Really? I think so, yes. Did you, uh, how, uh, did you use your putter? I used was a, a I used a three line? wood, and uh, it was yes, it was all I had at the time, and it I think it lasted about three and a half seconds. But boy, it was great. Honey, I've seen your three wood. Okay. And it is still fantastic to this day. Okay, that's very nice, lovey. Thank you for sharing. So, um, 
anyway, getting back to selfishness, oh, because yeah. I think oh, it's, yeah, I think yeah. it's really important that um, men understand that uh, being intimate with someone, having sex with someone, it it usually requires a partner unless you're just doing it with yourself and then you can tease yourself till the cows come home. Yes. And sometimes that does happen. Okay. Well. All right. But, but, so the thing about being selfish is there, there has to come a time when you really care about the other person so much that you want to give them pleasure to the point where you now get pleasure from pleasing. That gives you as much pleasure as receiving pleasure. And that is a very important Yes. Well, there's a good selfish and a bad selfish. There's a good kind. And, and, and I, when I say good selfish, meaning like make sure you get your needs met as well. That's where the guidance and the communication are really, really important because um, it, it, you want it's – it's a fantastic thing when both people can enjoy it and, um, and not a good thing if only one person is, is benefiting and having a good time. So when I say selfish, I, I think that also not – you know, that kind of is a uh, an umbrella term I would use because it's not so much this that they're sexually se- um, selfish. I think that uh, there were a lot of uh, relationships that I had with guys that weren't available and became selfish in that they they got they give you they tell you what you want to hear. Um, they throw just enough bait in the water to keep you swimming. And um, I don't know, maybe that's not a sexual thing because I think it's, they keep you, some guys that are like recently divorced or newly separated where they just, or they're just getting back out there again, really just want to get laid. They just, really, it's all about Is it their own pleasure? They're they're not thinking about your pleasure? Yes. Okay, so how do you convey to them, hey, I'm here too, you know, (laughs) Well, that's something that you have to to know inside you. You have to, as a woman, you have to know what your standards are, what your where your bar is, what your expectations are, um, what your limits are, what your boundaries are. So if you're in it to get off, if you're in it to have a great time, if you're in it to get laid um, and hook up, great, do it. More power to you, you know, different strokes for different folks. But if you want more from it, if you know going in that a relationship or a marriage or a long-term commitment is something that you really ideally want, then you gotta set you gotta set your own sexual uh, parameters. Does that make sense? And if you don't communicate that to the guy, he'll never know. And he'll just keep banging away. Okay. Give me some tips. What is, how are you going to communicate that if he's on top of you or behind you or where is this and you're, and he's ready to, and you are not there yet. Well, I, okay. Well, so this goes back a few episodes to when to have sex. I think that is really important that before you jump in the sack, that you kind of know what, what you want from it, what you want from each other. That way you'll be, feel a lot freer. You'll be able to let go. And there won't be any misunderstanding. Like if, you know, if you are dating someone that you know is just like recently divorced and had a bad, ugly divorce, you kind of know uh, she's probably not going to want to or he is not going to, you know, want to jump back into something. So set those terms ahead of time. That's if I could do it all over again, I, I would do it like that. 
Okay, so we are going to go to our first break, but we are going to bring Vanessa Murray. But I have a lot more to say on the subject of foreplay. Now, we have a break. Okay, we're going to break, and then I'm going to warm us up a little bit with a little foreplay. Thank you. Uh, That would be lovely. Uh, So uh, we are going to go to our break, and um, we will be back with Vanessa Marin. Now, back to Dunn being single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. That is us. Okay, we are back, and um, I do want to give you some tips. Okay, thank you. Love you. Love, Love you. you. Uh, about foreplay. Not you. I'm not giving you a tip about you foreplay. Can give me tips. I, but I want them. to give a big fat tip uh, um, <laughs> uh, to my moil. Um, uh, about foreplay, you guys, uh, it is, it is essential. It is crucial. Um, I know that Vanessa is going to speak to that. Uh, but I can tell you as a woman, we need a little more time. We need to be warmed up and romanced and, um, and, you know, lubed. We gotta be like ready. uh, It's otherwise it's going to be not really pleasurable for anybody. I've got to tell you, I, I read the greatest article in on Medium by a writer named Robert Cormack, and it was called Rules of Foreplay, or How Long Should Sex Last? And he says, the real issue is foreplay. If baby ain't lubed, your fancy moves, long or short, are an irritant. Think of her as an engine. No oil, engine seizes, and you're hitchhiking to work. And that is true. Properly lubed, she's a lot happier than if she feels like if you're trying to start a fire rubbing two sticks together. So I would definitely say foreplay is pretty much everything. So anyway, um, we're going to, and we're going to get, we're going to talk about more of that, okay, as we go on. Um, but right now we're going to bring on Vanessa Marin, um, who is a licensed psycho- psychotherapist, sex coach, and writer who helps people stop feeling embarrassed and start having way more fun in the bedroom. She studied human sexuality at Brown University and has been featured in publications like the New York Times, CNN, O Magazine, and Real Simple, whether in her work coaching clients one-on-one over video, chat, or email, or through her online programs like Finishing School, Learn How to Orgasm, and The Passion Project, The A Couple's Blueprint to Rediscovering Desire and Reigniting the Spark. She finds immense joy in helping people discover or rediscover their spark. Yes! Come on in. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on. So, Vanessa, I'm fascinated uh, with what you do because um, I don't know what really happens in sex therapy. And um, because I never thought I needed it. And I just, I, I, I respect people that do it. I respect people that work on their shit. But, um, Tell us what exactly happens in sex therapy. Yeah, it's a great question. I think a lot of people um, don't even know that sex therapy exists, and even the people who do know that exists aren't, aren't really sure what exactly goes on. So sex therapy, really the basic point of it is to help you work towards the sex life that you want to have. So, um, you know, depending on what that is for you, whether it's learning how to orgasm, whether it's bringing more excitement back into the bedroom, feeling less shame or embarrassment around sex, learning how to communicate, 
you know, all these goals are definitely things that we can work on in sex therapy. So the sessions that I do are purely talk-based, so I think that's one of the big misconceptions about sex therapy. But I give my clients a lot of exercises and stuff for them to work on at home um, just so they can keep working towards those goals and make sure they're having a really pleasurable, satisfying, and exciting sex life. Okay, so it's it's not the kind of sex therapy you see on HBO's Real Sex, where you, there's like someone else in the room and they're coaching you, and like they're probably could be. I don't know. She may, which is a different kind. <laughs> but that's the a different kind of sex therapy that I do. It does not include that. Yeah, I mean, you can. Okay. There's a whole bunch of different you know people that you can work with. You can work with sexual surrogates, um, where it's you know can be more like that. Um, there are different coaches that might be a little more hands on, but professional sex therapy generally <laughs> is just talking only. Okay. <laughs> uh, so is there a recurring theme that you have encountered with your couples that you're dealing with that you can share with us? Yeah, I'd say the most common issue that couples come in to see me about is mismatched sex drives. So one partner feels like they want sex a lot more often than the other, and they both feel kind of stuck trying to figure out what, you know, what does feel reasonable for the two of them. And I think a lot of times couples just end up, um, they stop having as much sex because of that mismatch. So what do you do um, if you're a woman and, no, let's start, what if you're a guy and you can't make your woman come? What, what, what do you do? So female orgasm is one of my favorite topics to work with and really because there are a lot of myths about female orgasm and I really love being able to break all those down and talk about the truth about how orgasm works. So in my courses like finishing school and when I'm coaching clients one-on-one, the first step that I always take is to have the woman learn how to get herself off. So if you're the male partner and you're not able to make your partner orgasm, the first thing you need to know is, is this something that she can do on her own? Um, if it's not, then the best thing you can do as her partner is support her in learning, you know, getting to know her own body, figuring out what works for her, and then, you know, have the two of you experience that together at some point. Mm-hmm. But what, okay, do you mind if I ask some personal? No, I mean, nothing's personal here, right? Oh, I mean, what no, if nothing not, is personal, right? Well, so. I mean, no, I, okay, you've heard it all. You've heard it all. So um, what if you're not a natural masturbator? Is, is, does that mean is something wrong with you if you don't like to masturbate? No, there's definitely nothing wrong with you if you don't like it. But I think it really boils down to a couple of different things. Some women don't like to masturbate because there's a sense of shame or embarrassment around it. You know, we think that it's not something that we're supposed to be doing. There's something that feels kind of taboo or naughty or wrong about it. A lot of times women in relationships feel like, you know, I should just be having sex with my partner. I shouldn't have to have this, you know, private sex life with myself. So if those are the reasons why you don't like to masturbate, then I would encourage women to, you know, get to, like, dig into that stuff and kind of address what are the blockages coming up for you? What are the kind of myths that you're falling for? Because having, you know, having a relationship with masturbation is um, definitely, you know, crucial for every woman. If it really is that, you know, you just don't, you've, you've practiced, you've experimented, you know how to get yourself off, you know what your body likes, and you just don't happen to love masturbation, that's perfectly okay. Nobody's going to force you to do it. <laughs> but um, you definitely want to make sure that it's, it's not because you're feeling shame or embarrassment or you're not supposed to be doing it. Okay. Well, that, and, and for a guy, I think it's a, a much different story. It's, a, you know, how do you know when you're masturbating too much? 
Because <laughs> so, you get carpal <laughs> tunnel syndrome. <laughs> right. Uh, Your dick falls off? Uh, no, that doesn't happen. Paralysis? Uh, uh, you, you can start a fire. It's like rubbing two sticks together. But no, it's, uh, yes, uh, it's that's no longer a, a, a problem, I think, since I've been married. Uh, but it is a, a, a still a pleasurable thing. And I think that we all share in this. And I think uh, uh, it's a curious subject that I'm interested yes. more, in hearing more um, about. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a whole sex in your 50s and 60s, midlife sex is like a whole other fantastic, you know, uncharted territory. It's uh, so, it's just so different and interesting and, and beautiful. And uh, it's not the same. I mean, we're newlyweds, kind of, Robbie and me, and um, we're, we're getting used to, I am, monogamy, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm, get, I'm not kidding, um, because I've never been married, and I'm finding so many interesting things about married sex, and at a time when our bodies are changing, and hormones aren't what they used to be. And that's a whole, you know, that's another question I have. And the sex drives are different. And just like Vanessa said earlier. Yes. So, so, so yeah, Vanessa, how do you teach someone how to orgasm? Not that I need any help, of course, but um, no. for people. Uh, <laughs> that's an old joke. When you, you, when you, a guy says, so um, what does a woman say when she has an orgasm? And he goes, I don't know what. And you start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a bad joke. Um, it's a problem. I'm sure it's it's a problem. It's hard. It gets harder. Uh, no pun intended. As you get older, you know that you you need a longer runway, more time, more foreplay. Hello. So, but in terms of teaching, and I know this is what you do, Vanessa, teaching women how to orgasm. It's I, mm-hmm. I'm, it's a very personal thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, all of our bodies are unique. We all like different things. But um, what I do is I really get into the nitty-gritty details of teaching women exactly how to masturbate. Um, so, again, every woman's going to respond to different kinds of techniques, but there are, you know, specific techniques, different kinds of strokes that you can try, playing around with having your body in different positions, um, you know, fantasizing about different things. There are a lot of things to do. Um, it definitely boils down to mostly the specific techniques that you're using, which is something that's really manageable and, and easy to learn. So, I think that, you know, one, we do have these big myths about female orgasm being so complicated and so difficult. And really, it just boils down to familiarity with your own body. So, you know, we're kind of making these jokes about masturbation. And it is something that we all learn, you know, that masturbation is kind of taboo and it's something we shouldn't be doing. But there are definitely much more negative stereotypes about female masturbation than male. So most men grow up learning how to masturbate and they figure out exactly what their body's like and exactly what they need. And they just have this familiarity with their genitals that a lot of women never have. And so that's what the process is, is just having that, learning that familiarity, trying out a bunch of different things and seeing what works, what doesn't. Um, and, but again, it's a really easy and you know manageable process. It might take a little bit of time or patience, but it's certainly not rocket science. And, and I think it's also very important that couples uh, are able to freely communicate and not feel embarrassed or ashamed to let their partner know 
they're doing something wrong or I like this, I don't like that. Uh, don't be afraid to open up and let them know this uh, in the in the heat of passion well, because that's, that's what I said. really and yeah that the better you can communicate uh, the better the sex is going to be and you guys will both be on the same page so we Absolutely. are going to go to we're going to go to another break in a second but uh, we have a, a caller on the line and we're going to uh, bring him on I think his name is Larry but we're going to bring him on after the after the next break so uh, we'll hear what Larry has to say. And uh, Vanessa, thank you for staying with us. And let's uh, we're going deeper. Vanessa. Yeah, we're going to we're going to keep going to go stay deeper on and, and harder. Yes. So uh, stick with us, and we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> and now back to done being single with married couple and dating ass kickers, Trevor and Robbie Sharf. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, uh, what goes on during the breaks stays during the breaks. Okay, so um, we have a caller, and we're going to bring up Larry. Larry, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Larry, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks this for calling in. What? Thanks, Larry. Tell Very us what's on your mind. Um. Well, I, I, I guess what's on my mind is what you guys are talking about mostly, which is foreplay. And? That seems to be the big topic so far. Um, and it, masturbation, I think I've heard that a lot as well. Um, that's a big topic. Anyway, with foreplay, I'm a big fan. But <laughs> Thank you, Larry. <laughs> huh? Thank you for that. Uh, and you're a big fan because? Well, I because I, I think you're in a partnership with, with the other with the other person. So I, I've learned over my many years that, that if you're if you're not providing any foreplay, you're not gonna be in a relationship for long. Right. And I think just you should start from the very beginning. Like from like when you like the first before you're even in the bedroom you should start with the foreplay. Does that Do you have any true or yes completely agree. Do you have any questions for uh, well, Vanessa? Showing up, if you show up at the door with a box of pizza, <laughs> that's always a good start. That gets me wet. That's foreplay. That's a good See, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But um, I, I think that communication is really important, but I think a lot of people think that means you have to discuss everything. And, and I don't think I don't think you need to discuss things. I think my experience has been that most women are, they'll let you know what, what's working and what's not working. And what's working, you, you do more of that. And what's not working, you do less of that or none of that. And you'll know uh, and what's working that, because you'll, you'll hear it. You'll, she'll re- be responsive. And if it's exactly. not working, you know, hopefully she'll tell you that too, right? But I, I well, she'll either. They'll they'll let you know, uh, I, and I think they'll let you. I think a woman will let you know, but you'll you'll hear her or feel her response. If if she doesn't like what you're doing, they'll tell you their response. Uh, Vanessa, y- utilizing that info, uh, let's say you've been in a relationship for a year or two, and uh, you may hit a rut, and you're not feeling comfortable about bringing something up because you've developed this pattern or routine. Uh, how do you how do you get out of that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Larry brings up a good point that, um, you know, I think a lot of us are really afraid to give our partners feedback. You know, we worry about hurting their feelings or, um, you know, getting them upset in some way. And I think the, the truth is that we all want to know that we're good in the bedroom. You know, we all want to know that we're pleasing our partner and we're doing the things that they want us to be doing. So I think it's really important for people to recognize it might feel a little nerve-wracking or a little scary to give feedback at first, but your partner wants that feedback. They'd rather be doing the thing that's going to make you feel good and feel pleasure than to have you be silent and to have them continue doing something that you don't really like. So I think it's just really, really important uh, kind of mind shift to keep, uh, you know, really to keep in mind for people that recognizing feedback is totally valued and really important. So I think just really making sure that you're uh, not afraid to bring up those kinds of conversations and just to tell your partner, hey, look, this is, you know, I was thinking about trying something. I wanted to try this or I was curious about what this might feel like. So you don't need to tell your partner, you're doing it wrong, I hate that, that feels terrible, but you can give them more positive feedback, just saying stuff like, you know, hey, I'm curious about trying this. Have you ever been interested in doing this? What would it be like if we did this together? You know, so it's suggesting it in a really friendly, lighthearted way. And again, it's, you know, it's definitely something that your partner does want to hear. Um, Vanessa, in your work, um, what have you learned that women want Uh, What have they secretly told you that they dig, that they love, that they need more of? That's a huge question. I could write a whole book about that. But I think, Trevor, you had a a great point about foreplay earlier. You know, a lot of women just want to take more time. And I think, you know, so many of us are just in a rush with sex. And it's kind of, we need to step back and think, why am I I in such a rush with this? Why isn't this something that maybe we can slow down a little bit and take a bit more of our time? You know, sure, there are some times where we've just got a little bit of time before we need to go do something else. It's fine to have quickies every now and then. But sex should really be something that we're spending more time on and really just allowing ourselves to kind of ease into, to just have a longer, more enjoyable, more pleasurable experience overall. So foreplay is definitely a huge one, just taking more time with each other, not feeling like we're in a rush. Um, And a lot of women want to feel like um, they can, you know, their partner is interested in pleasuring them, but that's something that's important to them too. Okay. So Robbie, you asked me, what was something a little, a little, you know, secret about, you know, what I liked or what, when I was single, which still is, here's something little, little, you know, unknown fun fact about me. I don't, I cannot get pleasured when I can't pleasure someone when I'm getting pleasured. It's like, I can't, I'm not a good multitasker. No, you're not. We know that. But it's either it's either my time or it's your time. That's it's kind of yeah. hard for me to. I don't know if that's typical. Well, that I think lets people know there's a certain position that we probably don't partake in too often, and that's fine. But I think that that is uh, that's okay with me. I'm I'm not upset by that. Knowing that I we. I mean that's not selfish, that, is it? No, not at all. I think it's very unselfish. I think it's. Uh, God, I hope it's my impo- parents aren't listening to this. I, they probably are not. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, show. even if they are, <laughs> hello, Paul oh, and Sonia. So, uh, no, I think that that is um, important because I love it that you concentrate on your own pleasure at that time and you concentrate on my pleasure at that time. I, so I think it's really I, lovely. I, I kind of like, you know, going first a little bit. Yes. Is that I, bad? No. And as the gentleman, I think that's the right thing to do. Thank you. 
that's that's why you're a gentleman and a scholar. And uh, okay, you know, just let it's look. It's so personal, right, Vanessa? It's you know, I some guys like a finger up the ass. I don't. Hello. I don't. <laughs> now you tell me. Hello, Larry. Are you back with us? Well, yeah. I was, I was going to say that that's I, my experience. That's pretty consistent with most women. I think they don't want that. I mean, it's pretty clear. It's not good. But, you know, the thing is that everybody likes things that are different, and that's why you've got to be, you know, try different things. It's not just about the erogenous zones either. You know, everybody has a, a different, you know, secondary source of pleasure. You know, some people, it's like their neck or, or their, you know, their feet, their, you know, their, God, who knows, whatever, their, their breasts, whatever it is, everybody has different things that kind of play into it, and you have to, to be, be willing to, to kind of, Experiment around a little bit and and try to find those things, so that so that the um, so that your partner is, is getting pleasure because it's it's more at least in my experience it's more than just pleasure from the actual act or from the erogenous zones by themselves. Usually, it's a combination of a lot of things. Yeah, I I think that's very true, and I think I have to reiterate what I said earlier is that you have to derive pleasure from pleasing. Uh, which, again, didn't happen for me until I was in my mid-30s. And then at that point, it just opened up the whole world for me uh, and uh, made me realize that the woman's orgasm is really the most important thing, and I am secondary, and I'm okay with that. Now, there may be some times where I will reverse that, <clears throat> excuse me, but for the most part, that's how I that's how I go about it. Um- we have an email. Can we can we read it and have Vanessa Certainly. comment on it? Okay, here. Go ahead. Me? Yeah. Hi, Trev and Robbie. I'm dating a guy that I really, really like. We've got great chemistry and we're super compatible, but he hates oral sex, giving it to me. And it's not like he's a teenager. He's 52 and he's still grossed out by it. I've managed to get around it so as not to make him feel bad, but I love oral and to me, it's an important part of intimacy. He has no problem when I give it to him, which kind of makes me mad. It's also my main form of orgasming because sometimes intercourse doesn't make me come. Can you teach someone to like it? Thanks. Or really, can you teach someone to lick it? <laughs> That's really a uh, question. Well put. Uh, I'm going to defer to Vanessa here first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Send me the tough ones. No, I mean, I think that, you know, again, this kind of boils down to a, a distinction here. So I firmly believe that we all have the right to have our own sexual boundaries. We all have our own sexual preferences, and that's totally fine. We shouldn't force ourselves or force our partners to do things that don't feel safe, that don't feel good, comfortable to do. What it sounds like she's speaking to, though, is something a little bit different, that he's saying that it's gross. Um, so maybe that, you know, he thinks it's kind of icky, it smells weird or tastes weird or something like that. And I think that really comes down not to a personal preference type of thing, but more to some, some really bad socialization that he's received around, you know, thinking that women's bodies are kind of icky or different or, you know, weird in that way. And so to me, this sounds like something that he's got to get over, that he needs to recognize that it's not okay to be shaming his partner about her body, which is beautiful and smells amazing and tastes great and is perfectly normal and healthy. I'm sure of it. Without oh, my God. Her. 
Absolutely. Helping, and I would say it to him, and exactly, she framed it really nicely in that email, saying, you know, this is how I feel intimacy with somebody. This is my main way of feeling pleasure with somebody. It's, you know, it's an an activity that I really enjoy. So I think she did a really great job of communicating that. I would say it to him in those same words, and really drill in this message of, you know, I, I want you to make sure that you're not shaming me for my body, because my body is perfectly normal and healthy, and I want a partner who cherishes and celebrates and loves my body in the way that I love yours. Uh, I, I agree, Vanessa. And in rereading this email, I have to say that I don't think they're a match because it really seems like she loves it, he hates it, and she's not able to achieve orgasm through intercourse, it seems. So what is going on there, really? Uh, I think she... I think she has to throw this guy back because uh, it's not, I don't think it's working for her and she should find somebody who loves it as much as she does. And because we are out there and we love it. And that's really important. Uh, if that's important to you, uh, yes, find somebody that it's also important to. And I don't know if you can teach somebody who's 52 to start liking it, or maybe there's something incompatible there. I don't know. There's something I don't, I don't, I'm not uh, in this relationship is know. not doing it for me. I, yeah, that would be a tragedy if that happened. I mean, I don't, I, it's because you're, you are your vagina and and your <laughs> vagina is you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all, I mean, you're yeah. down there, you're, you're, you're putting your, you know, it's PIV, penis and vagina. You could do that. I don't understand. Uh, you know, not if it's not doing this, it for this her, brings so. up the age old question, Larry, what do you think? Uh, I, is oral, I, is oral I, sex more I, intimate I, than intercourse? Answer that question um, after the break. No, we, after the break, we have. Yeah, we're we're gonna we are gonna go to another break right now. So we will come back and get a get the answer from Larry. So we'll Larry right knows all. <laughs> all right. And now back to done being single with married couple and dating ass kickers, Trevor and Robbie Sharf. Okay, we are back, and we uh, ended the last break with a question. So yes. what was that question? question? A question of the ages. What's more intimate, oral or intercourse? And we're going to give that to our caller, Larry. Larry, do you have a thought on that? I think I do, actually, after over the break. I, I think that, for me anyway, intercourse is more intimate. And the reason is, is that when I'm, well, in most cases, I'm looking my partner right in the eye. And mm-hmm. the visual and and the, the, the facial connection to me is very very important. So for me, I would say intercourse, but but I would I would put oral like like that's a close second. Well, I would uh, disagree because I think that uh, oral to me is more intimate in that you're looking at your partner in the lower eye. <laughs> and, <laughs> the third and, eye. Yeah, and I think that um, that and uh, you are, let's say, uh, mouth to. Pussy is a, I think a, a, for some reason to me a little bit more intimate and, uh, but I understand what you were saying too. Well, Vanessa, pussy calls out my name, then I'll agree with you. Well, speaking of, of talking pussies, I had I learned a little something today what? that vagina vaginas make noise. You, how did you? Okay, that's very interesting that you did not know that. I didn't know that. How do you not know that? You, you, your ears. You know are what? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Uh, the only thing I know about vaginas making noise, I learned from Howard Stern. 
because he called some, I don't know if this is, Vanessa, is varting, V-A-R-T-I-N-G, is that a real word? Or? Like vaginal farting? Yes. Is that, okay. Well, that's, that's a, I think that's that's a common. That might be Howard's word. Is that a real word? I don't, I, I don't I haven't heard that as a real word. Because I want Robbie to put uh, that on his sound effect machine. So, well, I think which that I don't know what that would ever sound like, but anyway, I think that's a, uh, I think that's a result of. But uh, you know, I, I that think that's can a happen. Compound word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but but back to oral. Yes. I just have to read this quote, which is so funny. I don't know who said it, but it goes like this: If God didn't want you to go down on a woman, He wouldn't have made it look like a taco. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, maybe we could tell the email, the woman who emailed, tell her boyfriend to say, just think of it as a taco. Close your eyes. Okay. And I don't know, maybe plug your, I mean, I'd hate for the guy to have to plug his nose. That's bad. We are coming Uh, up on things, so it might be a good opportunity to try it. Okay. Right? Try it. You'll like it. Well, we're not even talking about hygiene right now because that'll be a a separate episode entirely, which is deserving of its own episode, I think. Yeah, Uh, yes. So, you know, that might be something else for the woman to make sure that she is as clean and fresh as possible down there because that is something that, you know, no man or other woman would want to encounter if they're going down. Sex in the shower is good for that reason, too. I'm sorry, what was that? Sex in the shower is good for that reason, too. Agreed. Yes. I can't do it standing up, though. Oral so sex in the shower, for that matter. <laughs> Larry! Bring your umbrella. Right on. <laughs> yes. Just saying. Agreed. Uh, Just saying. Right on, Larry. All right. So, you want to read another email here? Yeah. Do you okay. want to? This, this can... looks like it's um, from a man. Uh, hi. I've been going out with a newly divorced single mom in her 50s who has three kids. She's pretty and seems to have a good body. We've tried to fool around a few times, but every time she freaks out about me seeing her naked because of her stretch marks. I don't care about them, but she does. How do I help her through her insecurities? Vanessa. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I think, you know, this is an unfortunate reality for so many women is that we get so many messages about what our bodies are supposed to look like and these really narrowly defined um, ideals that we're supposed to live up to. So I think every woman has some degree of embarrassment or discomfort that comes up for her around getting naked. So the best thing that you can do as her partner, I would say to this guy, is just to keep telling her that message over and over again. I think your body is beautiful. I'm excited to see your body. And there's nothing that I think you need to be ashamed of or embarrassed about. So it's not going to, that message is not going to get through to her right away because she has had decades of believing that her body is not beautiful because it doesn't live up to these perfect societal ideals. But if you just be persistent and really loving and patient with her, it's eventually going to get in. Yeah, I think it's up to the man to make her feel as comfortable and secure and safe and uh, not worrying about that any physical things that she may be concerned about. And it's really up to the guy to make her feel comfortable. Yeah, and I mean, same, same thing for women and men. I mean, look, you know, men in their 50s aren't what they look like in their 20s or 30s. It all changes. Mm-hmm. You're, you just have to adjust to the new paradigm. And but I I know for a fact that women um, who have hangups with their with sex 
always has to do with some hangups about their body, something. It's it's um, they go hand in hand, or hand in <laughs> vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think yeah. it's something. I, I, I think to Trevor's point, it's very uh, difficult for. Hold on. Sorry, Vanessa. Keep sorry, Vanessa. Go. Sorry. Hold yeah, on, Larry. I think you know, for us women, it's something for us to get really fired up about. That how ridiculous is it that we have these crazy standards that make us feel so ashamed, so uncomfortable that we are willing to forego one of the most pleasurable, exciting, enjoyable activities that our bodies are capable of simply because we're worried about our partner seeing a few lousy stretch marks. You know, so I think it's, you know, self-esteem's a big issue. Our relationships with our bodies are big issues. But if we can kind of take a step back and say, hey, this is crazy that I've been taught to believe all this BS that's really going to impact my life in such a negative way. And I think that can be a great way to let go of some of that shame and embarrassment that comes up for us. Okay, uh, Larry. Thanks for calling Wait, in did today. Larry, have Larry, oh, Larry I'm sorry. Absolutely, my pleasure. Did you have one more thing? Larry, did you have a last thought? Did you just want to get some? Well, I was just going to say it, it is a huge task for for a man because women have heard this for so long and they have been so beaten over the head by by society about this. Mm-hmm. So I think that the man has to really go as much as they can out overboard and out of their way to really make the woman feel as comfortable as possible. Larry, you're a great guy. Yeah. Are you single, Larry? We want to know because we do get people calling in about people. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the fifth. Like I said, I'm, I'm taking <laughs> You're taking right, you the and fifth. Michael Cohen. Okay. Well, Okay. enjoy and uh, best of luck with you and your relationship. So thanks, Vanessa's Larry. Already thank ch- Vanessa's taken. Vanessa's taken, and rightfully so. She's yeah, uh, you're great, wonderful. Vanessa. Thank you so much. <laughs> let's, you. let's talk more about Vanessa and Vanessa, what, where can people find you and how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can find me online at vmtherapy.com, V-M-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. So I work with people in a lot of different ways. I do consultations over email. I do coaching over video chat. And I have a whole bunch of online programs that you can work through from the comfort and privacy of your own home. That sounds great. Okay. Uh, hopefully yeah. you'll get some callers out of this and honey what do we want to talk about for next week's show next week uh, it's going to be a good one it's called uh, crazy chicks and bad boys wow. are you addicted to chaos that's a that is a good one okay we know oh, that been there yeah I was one of them okay yeah, but you know I got my act together but there are a so. lot of people that uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of people suffer from that chaos addiction to drama and chaos so some people um, are yeah addicted so to that's it. next week and uh, any closing thoughts I really uh, have no tip the tip I've given away my tip of the week which is which is foreplay foreplay is sex people okay it's not it's all it's all one thing use your hands use your tongue uh, earlobes, um, breasts, uh, toes, things, uh, you know, get into it, let go, be free. Um, ask your partner, check in, um, give your partner some guidance, speak up, speak up, say it, tell him or her what you want and get back to us and tell us everything. Yes. We want to know. We want Vanessa, the report. On thank you again for being on the show. And, uh, we look forward to, uh, seeing everybody next week. And everybody have a great week out there. Right on. We are done being single and 
You are too. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye. See you next week on Done Being Single. 